0: People of the world, hello and welcome to The Brothers Talk with your hosts, Rod, Scott, and Norm, where our purpose is a simple one. Tune into our weekly podcast each Friday wherever you listen to your favorite programs or on this website to hear us, three black, unfiltered African-American men with no strings attached, giving voice as the most feared, most misunderstood, and most rarely heard from segment of the population on topics of interest to us for education, enlightenment, and entertainment. To reach us with your comments, questions, and suggestions, we're at The Brothers Talk on Twitter, The Brothers Talk on Instagram, the Facebook group of the same name, and if you care to share in more detail, hit us up at the email address, thebrotherstalk at gmail.com. Also, stay tuned for details about our upcoming news and perspective show on Millennium TV's M24 streaming news station. Thanks for joining us for another edition of Brothers Talk, and we really appreciate how you're helping us to grow our audience with over 2,500 downloads. Keep spreading the word, and you have our commitment to keep bringing you thought-provoking conversations unlike what you'll get anywhere else. And another reminder that between each weekly podcast, you can join in the conversations on our Facebook groups, the Brothers Talk, hashtag Black Dollars Matter, and relaunching Black Wall Street nationwide with over 3,500 members. Out there, you'll find our continued focus on Black economic empowerment and support. Don't forget to check us out on Twitter, hashtag The Brothers Talk, and The Brothers Talk on Instagram. Before we get started again, here are Scott and Norm.
1: Hey, family! Like Ross said, we want to continue to support Black businesses. So get out there and go out your way to support a Black business today, and also. Pay attention to what's going on out there. This fall is going to be really,
2: really bad when it comes to the COVID virus, so stay safe. Remember, brothers and sisters, Black on Black love. That's all we got.
0: Another first for the Brothers Talk, we've got our first repeat guest, and she was so engaging last week in the post-show wrap-up that we asked her to return and continue the conversation, and she graciously accepted. So let's get to it. Deirdre, thank you again for joining us, and just let me quickly reintroduce you for those who might be tuning in for the first time. Deirdre Windsor is a former military officer and federal government executive who is the founder and owner of Windsor Group, a consulting firm that services the federal government. Deirdre, please reintroduce yourself for those who this is their first time hearing you.
3: Good evening, gentlemen, uh, and good evening to your audience as well. Uh, Thanks so much for having me back. Yeah, we had a great discussion post-airing, and so I'm very happy to be back to continue the conversation. I'm Deirdre Windsor. Uh, I am a retired military officer from the United States Army. I spent about 22 years of my adult life in the Army. Following the Army, I spent about six years in the federal government, leaving as a senior executive service member uh, from the Department of Justice. And uh, back at the end of 2016, I left my job as a senior executive in the federal government and started my own business, uh, Windsor Group LLC. We've been in business for about three and a half years. Um, it's been very exciting. You know, we've had a lot of ups and downs, but I don't ever regret the decision. It's been uh, one of the best decisions I've made in my life. Thanks, Rob.
0: So before we dive back in, is there anything you'd like to revisit from last week's episode?
3: Yeah, you know, w- w- when I listened to the episode, one of the things that I, I I thought about is one of the comments that I made about the military. I think the question at last week was around What did I think transitioned best? What was the thing that was working for me now that I I gained from the military? And I talked about my leadership experience, but I also kind of delved a little bit into a big conversation that happens in the Army uh, regarding Black officers and going to the senior ranks, but also uh, going into combat arms. And I talked a little bit about you know some of the decisions that the officers make going to you know maybe support roles with the idea that it would support them later on or that it would bode well for them post military. I wanted to make sure that I add a little more context to that because i didn't want I didn't want folks to think for one second that I thought that was the reason why minority officers don't rise to the top as often I want to be very clear about that I love the the military. I will always love the military to the day I die, but But I want to be clear that that's a small reason what I talked about. That might be 10 or 15 percent of it. Uh, But the bigger reason is, you know, the race relations in the military and, and, you know, you have the unconscious bias, implicit bias, all those race things that happen. Uh, I want to be very clear about that. I, I don't want to I want to push that aside. As a black woman who grew up in the army, I saw that very clear regularly. Um, that is not something I ever choose to focus on. Um, but I do recognize that it is something that I always have to deal with. And so, like I said, just wanted to touch, you know, obviously it's a much longer conversation than this, but I, I did, I didn't want to leave that there. I didn't want people to think that, oh, well, you know, it's their own fault. No, I mean, <laughs> there, there are some very well qualified, uh, black officers that should have gone to the highest ranks of the military. That, that didn't go there for no other reason than the fact that they were not, you know, of the majority. And that's that.
0: We shared a lot last time about the issues and challenges facing Black businesses, and particularly the need to understand that we have to have a more vested interest in the success of Black businesses, just like other communities do. We cannot allow ourselves to sabotage our community by helping our businesses to fail because of the domino effect that it has on our communities, whether it's the fact that Black businesses employ Black people, use Black vendors and suppliers, and simply uplift our community. That's not saying that every Black business will always get it right, but considering all the stumbling blocks that are put in front of us, we need to consider every Black business our business and be challenged to make sure that we succeed so that there's room for more of us. What are your thoughts?
3: Uh, I definitely agree with that. Like I agree. I do feel like we have to work at working together more. We have to work at, at trusting each other more. And giving each other a chance more. I do think that a lot of us are in this mindset that we need someone for another group, um, to, to help us along. Don't get me wrong. Um, I can honestly say that the people that have helped me along the way come from all different backgrounds. Okay. You know, there have been black business owners, uh, white business owners in, in just across the spectrum that have come to my aid and helped me. But I do find a lot of times that, that we don't trust each other enough in these endeavors. You know, one of my, one of my most successful contracts right now, I'm partnered with another black owned business and it's great. We work good together. You know, we had some stumbling blocks in the beginning, but I had to talk through that because I made a decision that, I want to work with this person. This is a strong, solid build a business that I can see um, growing in the future with. And so I just had to make a commitment to getting us to a place where both of us were comfortable with the relationship. But again, it's like I said last week, you got to put in that work. You got to put in that time. You got to be willing to evaluate the situation. I do think sometimes we will lump in the whole community based on the actions of what. Oh, well, i have tried to support Black-owned businesses, but this happened or that Happen. Well, you know, maybe the one you went to wasn't a great one. So you go to another one, you know, and if that one doesn't work, you go to another one. It can't be, oh, because this one did a terrible job, then I'm not going to go to any more. If everybody thought that way, then how many Black owned businesses do you think would succeed?
0: Right on point. Because I heard you talk about like the stumbling blocks and the commitment we have to have to get past those issues. Because unlike other communities who will really do whatever is necessary to try to help businesses in their community to succeed. We do have the old crabs in a barrel mentality that says we're more willing to bet on the failure of businesses in our community based rather than bet on their success.
3: Right. And let me let me give you an example of what I'm talking about. I had a, a a business bring me some business just based on uh, the type of business we are. We were in a position to to get the work, to get the contract, if you will but someone else brought it to me. And so, you know, initially you always have the conversation about what is the work share? What does the, the money look like? What do the financials look like on the deal? And and it doesn't always, like as much as I would love to, anybody bring me work, as much as I would love to say, hey, you take the bulk of it because you brought the work. It doesn't always work out that way because of the type, of, they may be looking for a woman-owned business and that the person is not a woman-owned business. So as much as, I might want to say I'm going to give you more than 50%. SBA has very real rules, and so how we worked around that is I said, listen, we're going to get other work, you know. So, so we're gonna we're gonna follow these rules and we're gonna meet meet these uh, these these numbers, the 51.49% numbers. And then when we get another contract, guess what? You know, and that's what happened. I ended up getting another contract in an organization where the person had brought me work, and and it, it was only. For two resources but i still because most people wouldn't have even split that down the middle but i did that anyway we could do that because of the numbers um you know because because with an 8a firm which is what we are you know it's 51 49 rule and as long as you meet those numbers and so i could have i could have easily as a matter of fact people say well you know just because this person brought you this you don't have to commit to them to everything that comes to you from that agency but I want to do that. You know why? Because I like working with this person. I like doing business with this person. And I see the value that we bring to each other, our companies bring to each other. And so it works out. So why would I not want to continue that? But but you see how people are thinking. There were people that more than one person are said, well, you know. Um, uh, because normally when you get a contract, people want to know, hey, do you need a subcontractor? And I normally tell people, Well, somebody brought me this work, so that's who I sub to. But if I get other stuff in this agency, I will consider depending on what it is, um, depending on what area it's in, but people are always quick to say, Well, yeah, you, you know you don't have to continue, but that's not how I operate. Because guess what I could have had? Zero percent of zero. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So right. as it stands, I get fifty one percent of what our number is. This happens a lot. People the the mentality of people. Um, and honestly, I try to stay away from folks like that. Like when I hear sometimes people say stuff and in my head, I'm like, "Yep, they're on the list of people that I won't be dealing with, you know, Um, because I don't, I don't operate that way. And I don't want to operate with other people because it's just, it's too arduous. It's too, it's too hard, you know?
1: I got a couple of questions. This is kind of a two part question. So being a woman on minority owned black owned business, what do you think of some of the uh, reason that minority black owned businesses fail at a higher rate than other uh, ethnic groups? I had a contract with a company and I looked at that. Okay. And, and uh, so just with your experiences, what, what do you see? What are the challenges?
3: I, I what, think, what are, what I think the, some of it, I think some of it is, funding. I mean, we talked about that at length. Uh, Just funding is difficult. Funding is not easy to get, you know? Uh, Even look at what happened with the Look at what happened with the PPP loans. Um how you had there a lot of minority owned companies that 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 just didn't have that banking relationship and really that's what I realized in the end that what you needed was I mean we were we were successful because we have a very good relationship with our bank. We weren't successful the first time around. We were successful the second time around, but but some of it is funny and let me tell you something. You know, we talked a little bit before about people getting in their own way sometimes. You will not believe the number of minority owned companies that said, you know, owners that said, I'm not going to go for that. We don't really need that money. You don't know what you need because you don't know what's going to happen in this pandemic. You know, I have people that I need to pay and I was using factoring. And I was trying to get a loan from the bank. I couldn't. So to me, that was the alternative, and it worked for me because I did. I had people. I was there. Was the uncertainty around the 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 contracts and what was going to happen? And my concern is always about can I make sure I pay my folks? But so the question is, what what is the what is the biggest challenge? One is funding sometimes just stay in focus sometimes i see small businesses they're out they're at all the outreach events which is great i go to outreach events also right so i don't knock people for how they do business but then every every time you look up you're posting something on linkedin and you're at this event and you're at that event and you're doing this and I, it's just it's it's lacking the focus to to figure out hey what are my priorities um for my company like don't get me wrong because i would love to do all that one day i don't feel like i'm at that place yet like i i do it some but i try to um it's very hard because i don't have a my i don't have a lot of infrastructure in my company so again that goes back to what funding because to build infrastructure you need funding and so so it all it's like a big loop well when you say
1: like focus what are some of the other issues why people don't have funding with get funding with bank with their you know developing that relationship. And the other thing is, when you say like focus, can you talk about that a little bit more?
3: Yeah, I'll 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 um, um, I think that um, with the funding, you know, it's easy to say, it's easy to say what I think it is. I, I don't 100% know, but I'll tell you a little story about me that happened years ago because it's easy to also say it's not race, but I don't know. But about probably about five or six years ago, I got a letter in a mail from Bank of America um, about a mortgage that I had on a property. I used to own a lot of properties and I've since gotten rid of them. But the second mortgage on one of the properties was wiped out um, because we I was a part of a lawsuit. I didn't realize I was a part of a lawsuit, you know, the big multi-billion-dollar lawsuit. It was either with Bank of America or Wells Fargo. It was a while back. But basically, they said that I had been discriminated against. Now, I never filed a discrimination claim, but mm-hmm. I did get a letter saying that my loan was one of the loans that was um that it was wiped out. Like it was it was forgiven. The loan was forgiven wow. because wow. it was basically the practices that they were doing at the time. So when you ask the question, is it about race? You know, the person sitting there, they don't ask me questions about race, but I don't know what they put in their system. You know, what we've learned over the years is that they have code that they mm-hmm. put in to the system. You know, this is what happened, I think, with the big uh, Wells Fargo banking you remember that there was a, it was one of them was like $25 billion. It was either world Bank of America. So so I don't know. I very rarely call stuff racism that is probably, clear, if not clearly racism, but maybe some unconscious bias or, 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 or those other things that come into play. And when I say lack focus, I'm saying that I deal with businesses all the time that they have a lot of other stuff going on that's not business related. Like I've talked to people and I'm like, well, do you have time for that? Like, do you have time to go to a three-day conference? (laughs) Like, don't get me wrong, if the conference makes sense, but some of the stuff is just, I'll give you a better example that happened when I was a contracting officer. When I was a contracting officer, at the end of the fiscal year, we would end up getting about a half a million dollars back. And we would try to spend that money on small businesses. I used to call small businesses at, you know, September 25th. Say, hey, we got some money to spend. You know, I, I carried a warrant for $25,000. One lady, we're I'm in Greece. Another lady, I'm visiting my grandkids in Texas. You know, people are not, it's like to right. me, it's kind of like when people say, I'm looking for a new job. And then I say, well, you know, when was the last time you actually applied for a job? Last week, where you're not looking for a job. You know, if you're looking for a job in earnest, then your job becomes looking for a job, you know, applying for jobs, for opportunities but I see the same thing in business. Uh, I see that people, people have an expectation, some people, not all, because there are some hardworking business owners. Like there are more hardworking business owners than, than, than non-hardworking business owners. Um, uh, but there are a lot of, um, you know, there are a lot of folks out there and, and some of it comes, it goes back to the, funding and needing infrastructure, some of it is just, when you get to a certain point, you need somebody to come in and help you with the strategy piece. Like I'll be the first to tell you that I know that's what I need right now, but you need money to pay for these people also, uh, because there are people, I obviously, I, I I started business three and a half years ago, so there's so much stuff I don't know. So you got to get to that next level where you can start building the infrastructure. So you can bring in that that strategy girl or guy to help you out those folks that are smart about business that can help you get to that next level, whatever that next
2: level is for you, your business. So I had a question regarding your being Mm -hmm. a veteran and has that helped you with the government contracts at all? Is there any advantage? Well,
3: well, I will say, um, have, I've won a couple of VA contracts, nothing major, but I do feel like the veterans affairs is a huge um, opportunity. Obviously the, you know, veterans affairs is the only organization that primarily contracts and works with veteran-owned businesses you have to be certified through there they have a a verification program that you have to go through so you can be a veteran-owned company and they they, and and so you said that does it help yes it helps because the small business administration has goals that that they're required to hit in the area of uh veteran-owned businesses have i benefited a lot from it so far no but the opportunity is there. It just hasn't been my focus. You know, it hasn't been like, I, well, that's one of my goals right now. When I talk with my, the person that's going to be helping me with strategy, that one of the areas that I want to, um, I want to do more research into to kind of learn and understand more about is the Department of Veterans Affairs. Because I already know I'm a service disabled veteran owned company. There are a lot of opportunities for us to go there and truly help them with their mission. We just got to figure out what that looks like. So yeah, there are lots of opportunities out there for veteran-owned companies. And and there was a there was a company a couple of years ago. They're called Kingdom Earth Technologies. They actually sued the VA to and and now they have this this thing called the Veterans First Program, where they have to offer at VA only though, where they have to offer the opportunities uh up to veteran-owned companies first. And if there's a rule of two, so if there's at least two viable veteran-owned companies that can perform um on the contract, then they have to set it aside for veteran owned company. So yes, there are opportunities. Um, I think it was good, but I but I think it's kinda like the eight A program. There are folks out there who there are folks at the Veterans Affairs who don't particularly like, you know, now that they're they feel some some of these folks feel like they're forced, you know, to to go in a direction that maybe they weren't because they have companies that they've worked with for years that happen to not be veteran owned companies. So so yeah, there is a benefit. Um, But I have not fully capitalized on it yet.
0: So Deidre, as you uh, reflect on now, as you said, you've been out there in this workspace for a few years now. And if you were to counsel or mentor a young black person who was about to dip their feet into the entrepreneurial waters, what would you tell them would be something to avoid? That that
3: sounds like it's too good to be true. (laughs) Because most things that sound like it's too good to be true, uh, there are a lot of, uh, there's a lot of fraud out there. You know, I see all the time I get opportunities. It's like, oh, we want to find out how much you charge for 200 widgets. Uh, but you believe it or not, there's a lot of this that goes on. So that's the first thing, like avoid things that that are too good to be true. and And recognize that all money is not good money. You know, like just because somebody, you know, another company brings you an opportunity. I do a lot of research on other companies and and then I ask around about companies uh, because I'm very, you know, I've been kind of spoiled because my first partner really was a multi-billion dollar company. And so. You know, when you're working with another company where you don't have to worry about getting paid every 30 days, I've, I've heard literally, I've heard stories where two small businesses work together and one, one business owed the other business a hundred grand for about six months. Like, like, but why? I've wow. heard, I've, I've heard so many stories. And so I'm very gun shy. Do your research. You know, whatever you say that you can do, do that. Don't say that you can do stuff that you don't do. Because we, you know, we talked about this a little bit last week. And I said, you know, that while I, while there are some folks out there, maybe on the, you know, acquisition side, the contracting side for the government who may not like dealing with A-Days, but I don't point that towards race necessarily. I, I point it towards, you know, sometimes it's because they had a bad experience with a company who said they could do something and they couldn't do it. So one, stay focused, make sure that, that you do your research, make sure that you do the work that you said you can do. Um, because that is a big, that's the biggest, that's the biggest thing of all being able to deliver on the contract. You know, there's certain stuff that I just, I even having an 8A when people come to me with direct, opportunities uh i've said no like to a, i was speaking to a small business person last week and she said that's surprising that you said that because she was talking about something where there was like curriculum development this was a couple of weeks ago was so talking about workforce planning and curriculum development and some other things so if you recall last week i talked about how i was going to delve into the leadership development space but i realized that i didn't have the infrastructure okay and i didn't have the I feel like you got to be more established in that space to be doing that kind of work. And so I step back from it. And I'm very aware that when you do that kind of work, you got to be able to put together that team. And, And me or my program manager have to be able to understand it enough to know that the team we put in place can execute the work. So I'm very mindful that right now, We're not poised, but as we're meeting new people, like Rod, (laughs) you know, as we meet new people that we see can operate in that space, then we can revisit it. But I'm very clear about the stuff that I'm willing to do and what I'm not willing to do because what I don't want, I don't want us to get into any type of situation where we've been asked to do something and we can't deliver on it because that is the absolute worst right there when you cannot deliver on the promises that you make.
1: You may have touched on this last on the last uh episode when you talked about the reason that you started your business. You know, I I told my daughters and I always tell my daughters that, you know, I sent you guys to college not to work for somebody else, but to be business owners. And and I and I always tell them that, you know, the only way that you're gonna be free is if you work for yourself. And not working with somebody else. So the the question is, what is it like for you being a business owner? What's the gratification that you get out of that? What's what's the biggest thing that you get out of being a business owner?
3: Probably the greatest benefit is employing people. You know, when you when you think about it, it's funny because I'm very conscious about what I say in public because of social media. Um, because my greatest fear is losing a contract. Where four or five people lose their job because I said something stupid. So, so to me, being able to contribute to society in that way, which is creating jobs, you know, allowing for people to take care of their family, that is a big deal to me. Uh, and it, it's funny because it's so different. I thought it would be something like supervising. I've been, a, I was a supervisor, manager, executive for over 25 years, but it's a different feeling, you know, it's a different feeling when. People, you know, call and say, Hey, just, you know, I just got started wanted to make sure my benefits are in place because my baby has a doctor's appointment. Like that is such a different feeling than just being a supervisor, you know, cause you have an impact on people, but, it, but it's just a different feeling. So I, I appreciate that opportunity to give back in that way. So that's, that's what's most gratifying for me being able to, to hire people, to employ people, because really you are impacting others livelihood. You know, Um, and again, that's why I make the point about like, I try to make sure I I don't do things that impact somebody else's, you know, that one of my employees (laughs) paycheck.
0: Sage words, Deidre, and thank you again for all your insights into Black business environment and for joining us for the second go round, where we hope you'll join us again in the near future. This last word goes to Norm with our positive Black experience of the week.
2: Well, because Deidre was on last week and we were discussing Best Management, Rod's consulting group, I learned that he did some things that I didn't actually know of. And that led to me aligning him with one of my associates. So hopefully Best will gain another client. And while I was dealing with that, I was introduced to another gentleman who actually advised us to support him and giving him a proposal, which may lead to more business. And he mentioned... Since he was in the uh, manufacturing realm regarding clothing, that he wanted to get into the government area. And that made me think of Deirdre. So, because of you being on the show, you really spurred some commerce on our end. Thank you.
3: Can I say something to that? I know we got to go, but that is so important what you said, Norm. Like, that is, that's the thing. Like, figure out you all have networks, you know, out there in audience land, everybody has networks you know, figure out how the people in your respective networks can help each other, you know, because we're out here, we're using our networks and we're trying to grow our businesses that way. But there's so many of us in a position to help each other or help somebody else who we know has a business.
0: All right. So that'll do it for another episode. And thanks again for your time. We're sincerely grateful for each and every one of you. Till next time. Remember, you can follow us at the Brothers Talk on Twitter, Brothers Talk on Instagram and the Facebook group of the same name. And if you want to go long form, always remember you can reach us, thebrotherstalk at gmail.com. So again, we appreciate you. We love you. And remember, let's do better today because that's all we really have.